Hi everyone and welcome to the career sessions where Tracy and I speak to everyday people about their career journeys. Today I'm really excited to introduce Elizabeth Willits um, who is the founder of Investing in Women. Um, I, I think I found along the way in the last, uh, I think it was January or February time, I found Elizabeth online and saw what she was doing and we kind of connected and I've been following the progress of uh, investing in women, which looks really exciting. Thank you. And um, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that today um, and how you got to the point that you are now. I'm sure there's a good story behind it. So, yeah, over to you. Elizabeth. Yeah. So, well, um, I only started the blog. I started with the blog in January. So that's probably when we did connect. So, um, and then I launched a job board, um, Investing in Women, three weeks ago now, which aims to connect forward-thinking businesses. Um, Only three weeks, blimey. Yeah, so we're week three, but I have been around longer because... I've been, I mean, obviously I'm 35, so I've been around for 35 years, but um, I've been blogging since January. Yeah. So, and that's how I started really with this. Um, Yeah, so it aims to connect forward thinking businesses looking for um, to hire individuals, looking for flexible but fulfilling work um, and part time and things Mm -hmm. like that. So, um, yeah, and the reason I've called it investing in women is because I believe that quality, flexible work um, is one of the best ways to retain women in the mm-hmm. workplace particularly after children um because unfortunately we still know that women do take on the bulk of childcare and elder care and things like that so it's the best way i think to retain women in the workplace um who then become tomorrow's future leaders potentially change the whole culture of the workplace which is beneficial for everybody um, and ultimately we can close you know the gender pay gap as well so that's that's the name um but yeah and my background's in recruitment yeah um, so tell us tell us where your career journey very first started yeah so my I finished first... university um what I did mean, you study I studied events management so mm-hmm. nothing to do with recruitment um I, I went to university I didn't know what I wanted to do uh, my mum and dad were like you need to go to uni you need to go to uni no, my mum and dad had both been to university and at the time I was 18 just wanted to go out and all I thought was I just like partying what do I like doing going out on a Friday <laughs> I went and did events management thinking oh it'll be great and do you know what else this um, the wedding remember the wedding planner yeah yeah with Jennifer Lopez that was yeah. like at the cinema at the time and I was like that looks That's quite good fun <laughs> so I thought I'll go and be an events um events manager and plan weddings and do exciting things and plan amazing parties so I went to university I'm in from Huddersfield I went to university in Sheffield it was nothing like that at all I don't think we even talked about weddings it was quite a disappointment. It was all like how to organise local authority events in your local park. <laughs> like it wasn't my, up my street at all. Um, so yeah, I did that. And it was all, I mean, no disrespect to the people that organise, you know, the big fates and things like that. And it was very health and safety, risk assessment. Not me at all. But I stuck it out. out um, I did do HR actually as part of a module. Mm-hmm. in there um but yeah I was in my final year at university and what I'd done through university my like Saturday job whatever you called it was um I was an Avon rep 
Mm-hmm. So I went around selling Avon to my neighbours and, and then I did um, promotions in department stores for selling perfume and, and things like that. So I actually got like the sales bug. I enjoyed sales. Um, so I thought, I think I want to do sales. And then um, I saw, you know, I forgot what the job's board is for young people like milk round or whatever um and I saw something advertising recruitment to work in the city down in London and you wanted to move to London and it was saying 30,000 pounds on target earnings you know and I was at uni and you're just like that sounds good so I applied and then got it and then nice. I just stayed in recruitment I had no real desire to go into recruitment I just wanted to move into a sales role in a big city and then yeah, so then I started in recruitment and recruited accountants into mm-hmm. banks for a few years. And then I recruited HR into financial and professional services, um, working for Hayes, which is a big, yeah. big um, recruitment agency. did have a little break in that time as well. I did um, some colour analysis for a while. I, I took um, like a year and a half sabbatical and did like personal styling. Um, but yeah, really, I'm a recruiter. And then I moved to Deloitte. Um, Hold on, tell, tell, tell me about the personal story. Yeah, so I, um, yeah. So, so that did was you, like at that point, years. did you, yeah. did you think perhaps you weren't going to do recruitment anymore? Yeah, it was basically back when I got married. So I got married and, um, and I thought, I want, well, we wanted to start a family. Um, and I knew my hours in agency were not going to work with a family. We'd moved out of London, so we had like an hour commute. And the hours, you know, I was getting in just after eight, not finishing until on six. And I couldn't see that many people that were making it work part time yeah. ahead of me yeah. that had, yeah. had children. Um, yeah. And I thought, I just didn't want to do that with a, with a family. So I left thinking, I know I'll, I, you know, I think a lot of us do, a lot of people do it after children, but I thought I'm going to get ahead, do it before children, set something up. So yeah, I, um, I went and had my colors done, which is actually a really good experience. If you only get, you don't do what I do. Don't follow it all the way through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stop at the colors, but yeah, got my colors done. I thought it was a really good experience tell you what to wear um you actually end up saving so much money because you just buy what suits you um yeah and I, and I could see we might woman... need to chat offline by the way yeah I'm just saying. maybe you could do us after <laughs> oh, yeah, it's really good don't tell me um, green's not my color yeah and I could see this woman she was working from home she had a little studio in a like loft extension and then um and yeah, I was like, oh, she had some kids. I was like, it's really works really nice for her. She's doing it around her family. So um, so I took a sabbatical, retrained, and then did it for a couple of years. Um, and I would have carried on doing it, probably, because you know what? It paid well. Because a lot of it, you know, it actually ended up paying quite well. It did become quite successful for a small business. Um, but the reason I went back into recruitment was because during that time I we started suffering from infertility. So we couldn't, we found out it wasn't that easy for us to have children. Mm-hmm. And I found it really difficult then working from home, from myself. Um, I did beauty therapy as well. And it was, I used to get a lot of women coming and it's because it's a female business. It's fine. People would come and be like, oh, do you have children? Do you want to have children? You know, and, and like someone that's suffering from infertility to have those questions constantly. Yeah was really really hard mm-hmm. so I thought I just can't deal with this anymore because I'd get them 
like it would I'd have to really psych myself up then to see a client knowing I would get quite personal questions I think just because of that that's the kind of job it was and I thought if I go back into an office people a will, will not ask me those questions because you know people don't want to get sued for discrimination <laughs> or yeah. and I just think no people won't ask you those sort of questions anyway in, in a corporate office um so that's why I went back um back into recruitment went back to to Hayes actually I was fortunate that they took me back and that's when I went into HR recruitment but that was quite a few I didn't to be honest leave recruitment that long it was like a year and a half two years but it was long you know back again full time yeah I went back full time yeah yeah I didn't have kids so yeah I went back full time um yeah and that was hard because I didn't want I'll be honest I didn't want to go back because at that point I wanted a family yeah that's tricky it's tricky, but I went back and I probably, and before I'd left, I'd been like the star performer, you know, I'd, I'd made all the billings and stuff, but then I went back and my mind was elsewhere and I just, it was, it was difficult. And then juggling that, cause then I started doing fertility treatment and it's just, that's the juggle. It's a mm-hmm. huge, huge juggle. People think it's a juggle when you have children and it is a juggle when you have children, but it's also a real juggle if you struggle to have children, fitting all the appointment and there are so many appointments and they come quite last minute and so you need an understanding employer then as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I bet. but it sounds like you were successful yeah eventually yeah it took me four and a half years so. <laughs> but yeah wow. eventually um yeah so I ended up having IVF I didn't want to have IVF at all put it off put it off because I'd read if anybody goes to infertility, I'm like, don't do what I did. I'm saying to people, don't do what I do. Do not Google. Google is like the worst enemy. Of, I think probably anyone going through an illness. Just read all the horror stories. I was like, oh my gosh. So I put it off for four and a half years. Four and a year. Well, it was less than that because by the time I had my child, it was about four and a half years in. Um, yeah. Amazing. And I thought, I don't want to do it. It sounds horrendous. But actually, it was fine. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't as bad as I thought. So it was second time round that we were successful. So, yeah, we'd had a miscarriage in between that time, during that time. Mm. Yeah, that's always really hard. Yeah. Um, so you got, you, presumably then you got pregnant when you were still at Hayes? No, I'd moved. Um, yeah. By that point, I'd moved in-house, yeah. um, which was which was good for me. Because at that point, I wanted a different challenge. So I moved in-house, and it's different in-house. So you're recruiting internally. So I moved to one of the big four, and that was yeah it was good and I had different stakeholders actually developed quite a nice relationship because you're just working in agency you've obviously got so many different clients and they might just come to you once a year or whatever if they've got one one need um Mm -hmm. but actually in-house you end up having sort of two teams you're in your recruitment team but then you're also in your team you probably know um in HR then you've got your stakeholders as well so I would sort of split my week between my recruitment team seeing my recruitment team and seeing with my stakeholders and did loads of assessment centers with them it's a good role so um did you recruit- prefer in-house then to agency um, yeah I think I did at that point I think I did mm-hmm. because yeah I think I did I like sales but I think I think I'd felt maybe I'd gone so far with sales and then mm. it became a lot more consultative in-house um, and also like the pressure in a weird way was less obviously I had demanding stakeholders because you know it was a big company mm-hmm. but um, working in agencies all about the numbers all about the numbers what, yeah and it's a lot Quite of pressure tough. yeah you know what what are you going to build this month what are you going to build next month I, you know <laughs> 
think about I don't know <laughs> it's hard to know you know what you're gonna build like three four months they'd be asking you to make quite um specific forecasts and it was very very I think the agency it was so um at the time Hayes recruited a lot of people like graduates and that was their model I don't know mm-hmm. if it's changed now um so there was a lot of like um you know a lot of hand-holding um quite a lot of heavy management and mm-hmm. you know we'd get quite a lot of t- we'd get a lot of KPIs a number of calls yeah and things and that, but at that point I, I was like over 30 and I've been there I mean I'd had the little um, break but I had been there going on for 10 years and I didn't want all those I knew how to do my job I didn't need to be told mm-hmm. yeah. number of calls I needed to do every day yeah I so it was so I was so going to say actually I think the nice thing about recruiting in houses I, I often think that once you've recruited with a company you know more about it yeah and uh, you know from an HR perspective particularly if I'd start with a new client group I liked doing recruitment because you have quite an intensive learning curve in terms of what that business is what do they need what type of people work in there and I think it is such a nice way to get to know an organization yeah, really nice and I, and I do my yeah sake. oh sorry yeah, I love my stakeholders and I'd go out with them on, I'd felt really part of their team as well. I'd go out on their nights out, um, you know, and sit with them. And yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was nice place to And so was that your last employed yeah. role? Yeah, yeah. Then I got made redundant in September. So tell us about that and then why you decided to set up yeah so I got made redundant I was fortunate at that point because I was working part-time mm-hmm. um and then I got made redundant and I only wanted another part-time role and I couldn't find another one because mm-hmm. there's uh, there is very there isn't that many part-time roles I might when I was looking anyway um and yeah I'd get approached by recruiters and they'd be like you, you know I've got this really good role blah 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 and I'd be like okay but I want part-time because my children they're two and three and, and they'd be like oh no the role's full-time only or just then ghost me so that's mm. why I've set it up because it's a job board but it's just a huge education piece as well about the benefits of employing individuals looking for flexible and part-time work and why I think it's important not just for parents but for other people as well like I said I needed flexibility when I was going through my fertility treatment yeah and other people need flexibility for all sorts of different reasons as well. And I think, you know, it's not just a mum thing. It's an, it's a people thing. And so that's why I've set it up. It's a huge education piece. But actually, setting it up, I've realised there are actually a lot of firms that do want part-time people. So I'm quite chuffed about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's in the wrong place. In um, your recent postings, there's loads. Yeah, loads. So I'm really chuffed. But I think it is an education thing. And I think it's a challenging thing as well because... I know when I was at agency, people would give me a brief and I might not have said, would you consider part-time? Would you consider job share? Would you, you know, whereas now my job board, they'll give me a brief. Okay, right. Will you consider job share? Will you consider part-time? These are the benefits. Oh yeah, I will. So it's just, I think that whole, you need somebody just to ask the questions and also have a bit of understanding of the benefits as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then I mean, companies are receptive. A lot of companies are receptive to that. But I think if you're like in an agency potentially that just needs wants to make sales, you might not challenge your client and just then put forward the candidates that maybe look a little bit easier, you know, on paper or whatever. Yeah. Makes. Yeah. I mean, I think Tracy and I ask the same questions when we're recruiting, don't we? And, yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, do you know? 
it's a bit of a mixed bag I would say I was going to yeah. say I have to admit I there are some you know I think probably actually if I'm being honest when I worked in uh, some of the bigger companies in some respects they were the ones I think struggled more with considering flexible working yeah so they were if somebody put a request in they'd be like oh yeah it's manageable he said oh well you recruit for this job do you want you know what about flexibility and they'd be like you know and and I think a lot of people's initial reaction is well it doesn't work and then you kind of go well why doesn't it work oh what you know because yeah why doesn't it work uh okay it does work doesn't it and they're like yeah and you know particularly because I think you can't talk about the fact that people who work you know part-time in particular tend to be much more productive really yeah output per hour yeah and and you know all of those sorts of things and and you kind of have that and then you go well okay so why wouldn't you consider even four days a week or you know why you know there's all or just non-traditional working hours so yeah um but I think actually what I found quite interesting is I've done quite a lot of recruitment with smaller businesses and again I think it's been very mixed depending on the business but Mm -hmm. where we have done part-time we've actually struggled to get people oh really so we've I've had kind of the opposite problem that I put a couple of part-time roles up on job boards and everyone who applied wanted full-time. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so is that my, my candidate? So. <laughs> oh, interesting. So I've had the opposite. I've actually struggled to get people part-time. to apply for part-time roles. So I'm not, but again, maybe that's just because it's not in the right place. It depends yeah. on the role. I've dropped ties on my job board. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, <laughs> it's been interesting but I I think part of that's because a lot of it's been over the pandemic and I think people I think have generally there's been a bit more of a reticence anyway and and I'll be honest most of the people who were applying for the particularly things like the recruiter job were people who had left through redundancy rather than because they'd wanted to leave and therefore I think you know whereas I think in a normal market the people who are looking are doing are probably more pre- are doing it because they want a new job and they might want a new lifestyle yeah, these people were sort of forced into that situation to me and I'm trying to yeah but it, yeah it was quite interesting because I was expecting to be kind of crushed with the kind of yeah. people asking for part-time and it was really tough yeah should have known you then when I was looking. <laughs> no, well, this is this is the end of last year, so things hope might be slightly different now. But yeah, now I know you guys are there. That's like okay, that'll work. Yeah, no, I'm thinking when I was looking because I did look for a job myself for a bit. <laughs> yeah. you see, if only we'd had this conversation. Yeah, we'd known each other. Yeah, there'd have been no investing in women. <laughs> well, that's the, maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's good we didn't have this yeah. conversation six months ago. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think, Elizabeth, that the the last year has helped the flexibility cause? Don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think it has in some ways, because I think it's shown that people can work flexibly around, you know, when other commitments, when everybody's been in a house together, schools have closed. And I know that, you know, people have, have done well. Companies have shown that there's been no loss of productivity a lot of companies have demonstrated that which has been really good and so many companies now are you know offering more remote working which is brilliant I mean as a working mum I think that's so good because that would save me like three hours on a commute around commute which is three hours I could do spend with my family if I didn't have a family that'd be three hours I could do volunteering hobby whatever but it's three hours of quality time that's not spent in my mind on a train but I understand that there's a choice and people some people do want to go back into the office and some companies do um I think it's going to be interesting is when things have settled down and who actually goes back to the office 
Mm-hmm. Is it going to be women that end up staying at home still and are men going to go back? And is that going to create a two-tier workforce? Are those people that go back to the office, are they going to get promoted more? I hope not, but it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how it, how it falls. I, I personally have found, you know, my husband um, having more flexibility has made my life a lot easier. So is mine. You know, from a work perspective, and it's given and us I think, more quality at home I think absolutely yeah because before he was um he didn't have flexibility yeah. and I left employment so I had ultimate flexibility and you know but I was still doing you know still working as a consultant had my own company um and was having to do all the drop-offs pickups yeah you know everything exhausting. whilst it's where it is exhausting so having him around now is amazing yeah because you can share um, that load yeah yeah so I'm right. hoping that people, you know, that haven't worked from home and that are doing so now will continue at least part of the week. I think it needs to come from the top. So, you know, yeah, I think if you are working for an organisation where your management or the management team go back and it's quite hard to, you know, have the strength of character to be yeah. the out the air that stays working from home. So I hope that these um, bosses, and unfortunately 95% of um CEOs are still male yeah. within the FTSE um I hope that they set the example and carry on working from home at least part of the week and that culture will then filter down I hope so yeah and people you know lower down in the organization will feel comfortable to work from home as well because that that helps us because you know like you said I've been really benefited as well by my husband working from home he's been able to help with um, drop-offs pickups making dinner um, and it has been a lot more equal but I'm, I think until we have proper equality in the home we're never going to have full equality in the workplace no I agree and to be fair I think for a lot of men you know the thought of asking for flexibility was you know career suicide yeah um so yeah I totally agree I hope that I hope that it changes like my husband's he's in a city finance company and he's going to be able to work two days from home ongoing and that's that's brilliant yeah it seems to be uh, quite you know, a bit of a trend which is amazing I think yeah. 73% of companies have said um, that they are going to increase the amount of flexible kind of remote working hybrid working and it's interesting because um, I, I did a post about it a while ago what's going to become increasingly interesting if 73% of companies are going to say yeah this is okay um the ones who don't are potentially going to miss out on a huge talent pool. Massive. Yeah. They're going to become the exception. And I think that's the point when there's that tipping point where actually as a candidate, you've got two otherwise pretty equal jobs, but one of them is going to give you flexibility to work from home. One of you, one of them is not. Yeah. You know, and again, the stats are telling us the majority of people want some level of flexibility. People, again, something like 98% of people want to go back to the office to a point, but, yeah, equally very about five days a week want to go back five yeah. days a week I think it's about 10 percent so they want to go back five days a week totally so you've got this massive range in between and and you know it, it could very quickly become a differentiator for an organization whether or not they're able to attract the top talent yeah and it's so good I think I mean I know the government obviously has an agenda because they they you know a lot of their tax revenues come from people buying sandwiches etc in city centers but it does help that level their leveling up agenda if you yeah. can you know have a good I know you know from being in Yorkshire a lot of the people that I, most people I went to school with um my 
my brother and sister went to school with, they moved to London. So people leave smaller northern towns mm-hmm. to move to bigger cities for jobs. But if you can do these quality jobs anywhere in the UK, it's really good, I think, for that levelling up agenda as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so back to your career journey. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to know, what thinking back about um, your career journey so far, what would you say your most challenging career moment has been? Yeah, I think it was when I was going through fertility treatment, actually. Mm-hmm. That was 100% because it's like, who do I tell? How do I tell them? Because as we all know, unfortunately, there is still like a discrimination against women, you know, in a lot of organisations that say they want how to be perceived. Yeah, how it's perceived. Um, will I be perceived as being less committed? Will I get opportunities? Um, yeah, so I was really nervous about telling people. Do you want to tell everybody? I was quite private as well. So then it's Everybody. like, well, it's not really anybody else's business. There's an element of, you don't, you know. It isn't, but you, yeah, it isn't anybody else's business. But then it's like, you've got to go to appointments. Then you can't go to a meeting at work. Um, so, really yeah, it's that though, juggle yeah. then. And not knowing if it's going to work. You don't know whether you're going to, where you're going to, you know, whether you're going to still, where you're going to be in, you know, six, nine months time, whether it's going to have been successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just massively conflicting priorities. A little bit like when you, when you have, have a child as well. I, but yeah. I think it's just yeah it's different but it's hard yeah because you want something so bad and I felt like I was in work and not necessarily giving work my all but I'm you know I'm, I'm one of these people that likes to do my best in work so it's just it's difficult yeah they reach out to anybody that is going through fertility treatment but it is a really tough time you've got to just be mm-hmm. kind to yourself yeah and on the flip side what would you say is your been your career highlights so far um do you know what I'm really proud of my job board because I have no tech experience whatsoever I'm basically I have had somebody helping me so I can't take all the credit but I have self-taught myself WordPress which mm-hmm. um I'm really proud of myself for doing that um and yeah getting myself out there learn, recording these videos like with yourselves and videos out on LinkedIn I'm not like <sighs> probably would never have dreamt of doing that before so it's discovering I think self-confidence I never knew I had that's brilliant yeah brilliant um and is there anything thinking back to when you were like 15 16 yeah is knowing where you are now is there anything that you would say to you or any advice you would give to your 16 year old self um I think in I think maybe don't overstress and don't over worry. I was I used to be a real worrier. Basically laughing because she's little thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't overstress about things. Yeah, I mean, I think in the bigger picture, I would always be worrying about small things. But maybe that's just teenage girls. But yeah, I think maybe I think there's a degree of it takes women in general tend to be more anxious about things and worry about things more and that's not to say blokes don't have problems and they don't mm. worry about, but I, I do think um in my experience most of the overthinkers I know are women <laughs> oh really yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and um are there any sort of top career tips I guess as a recruiter 
um, and a business owner that you'd like to share with people listening? Um, yeah. So I think into. I mean, I can give some interview tips if you've got people that yeah. would be. Yeah, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, so in t- I mean, I used to be ring people all the time before interviews um, and give them advice. So we'd be telling people really research the company. So when I worked um, for one of the big four, we'd, you know, an interview would ask, "Why do you want to work for this organization?" And they'd just say, "I want to work for one of the big four, which is very, very generic. So it would be more about um, finding out a bit more about the actual organization, what they're doing, who works there, looking at Google News, um, who are their competitors, what are their initiatives that they're running, reading through the job spec, thinking about where you've got um, transferable skills and experience. So, you know, you're looking at your CV, looking at the job spec, where do they marry up? make sure you really really listen to the question as well we'd get a lot of candidates that would prepare answers which was great but they weren't then the answers to questions that they were asked so (laughs) yes just make sure you listen to the question and answer the question that's been asked be quite concise as well um with your answers and when you're answering competency-based questions used to say think of the star technique to be specific about what you've achieved in previous results um, and the task and the result as well so it's really good if answers um when you're interviewing can be quite measurable as well mm-hmm. so, yeah brilliant lucy knows my favorite story is the person who turned up to an interview when i worked in an insurance company and passionately yeah. explained how they'd always wanted to work in a bank and they were so excited you have point. some clangers I had one that didn't get his into get didn't get through. It's a bit weird. Like he just turned up with a big two litre bottle of coke, and the interview was like, "This is weird." It's like, <laughs> it's like um, you know, drank this two litre bottle of coke throughout the interview. I think he like drained coke. It's like this is just weird. <laughs> That's brilliant. <I'm> <laughs> and so, tell us what are your plans for the future. Yeah, so I've lo- just launched. So um, I would love, and I'm doing it on my own. So I would love to get to a point where I'm able to take on um, other individuals to help me um, to expand it a bit more, um, and definitely still be a really flexible employer <laughs> myself. Yeah, perhaps <laughs> what I preach. Um, yeah, and I really want to eventually do um, more like charity work, helping individuals that are in other um, countries you know aren't as fortunate as us be able to become financially independent as well so yeah so talented. not small plans then <laughs> not small plans but I've got a while to go but do you know what I've learned I like I've just learned now to just enjoy the journey I'm enjoying every day yeah that's great so it, I think that's that's probably another bit of advice I think people are always so con- thinking overthinking about the destination that they forget to enjoy the journey mm. So I think, yeah, enjoy the journey. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Okay. Well, um, have you got any final thoughts at all? Or are we going to leave it with enjoy the journey? Enjoy. I think enjoy the journey. So, yeah, um, and look after yourself. I think that's another thing with the infertility. I've realised that you've got to be healthy. Yeah. For everything else in life to work, your health has to come first, whether that be your mental health, physical health whatever so actually self-care is hugely important yeah because without self-care you're never going to excel yeah anywhere Very else true. So look true. After yourself. Yeah. amazing well listen thank you so much for coming on to talk to us today it's been great yeah. to not only to hear about your sort of career journey 
so far but also about investing in women and where oh, you're going and everything you. so we wish you the very best of thank luck thank you for having and me tracy and i will be your cheerleaders along the way thank cool. you <laughs> thank you thanks, thanks a lot bye bye